This is Unfilter, episode 235 for May 3rd, 2017. We're going to say what maybe no one said, we'll do it again. I'm not sure he's okay. Well, I mean, look, I think there's a... I'm not sure he's okay. You have that feeling with people who are not okay, where it starts to dawn on you that they are not okay. That it's getting worse. Yes, that's right, folks. On this last episode of Unfilter, before Linux Fest Northwest, yeah! Welcome to another edition of Unfilter, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. I'm Chase, and talking on a brand new soundboard. And there's Chris over there. Yeah. On the same brand new soundboard. Yeah, so apologize if there's any weirdities. This is our first uh, Unfilter, and it's a whole new profile, so... If it sounds weird, we'll get it worked out next week, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a whole new show for a whole new time, for a whole new generation. That's right. Keep it locked right here for more. One of those things is true. You know, Mr. Chase, uh, today's episode's really, really all about the deteriorating state of Donald Trump's mind. It's going to be, be, I mean, we're going to get there eventually. What? We really need to analyze that? I thought we already knew that answer. Wow. Wow. Have some respect for the commander-in-chief, Chase. Oh, I'm sorry. Have some respect. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, he worked very hard. He wrote a book. We also uh, have, if I recall, we got to we got to talk about this uh, Sean Spicer story that I was talking to you about earlier this week. Oh God, yes. If we it, if it, we it, end up, it's gained a little bit more traction. Yep, yep, a yep, little bit. Yep, yeah, we're gonna talk about it. It was on Gizmodo, and you know what? I, I talked to uh, one of my friends at work about it. Uh, he's he's a uh, direct. I mean, he's pegged to the left, left liberal, but he didn't know about it. And when I told him, I was like. Wow, that's real shady stuff, man. I'm like, yep. And he's like, it's not trackable, isn't it? I'm like, nope. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. I don't have any clips, but we'll still talk about all it. Right, but, you yeah. know, we got we to do our beat and potatoes. We got cyber. We got some world events to talk about. We got all sort of things to get through. So do you want to start with our uh, with our traditional cyber segment? ASL, buddy. Let's go. Uh, by the way, Chase, yeah. this, uh, this first one, it's super important. It should be possible for computers to detect malicious, misleading, and incorrect information. Who is this man, Chase? Uh, that is... You can uh, get it. You got it. Come oh, on. I know close. this guy. It's on the tip of your brain. Uh, I'll, give uh, you, I'll give you a hint. Eric Schmidt. Oh, you didn't need a hint. Yeah, oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, working at Google, and he's talking about censorship, but don't call it censorship. No. It should be possible for computers to detect malicious, misleading, and incorrect information and essentially have you not see it. We're not arguing for censorship. We're arguing just take it off the page. Oh, um, wait, well, isn't that censorship? Yeah, isn't that's that just deleting? <laughs> we're not arguing for censorship. We're arguing just take it off the page. Um, so, so you have you have Facebook and Google. We don't want to silence your voice. We want to just take out your vocal cords, right? Put yeah, it somewhere right. else. Make it yeah. harder to find. Oh, so so that's uh, this whole. Did you hear about Infowars getting delisted? No. Yeah, it's 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 a little overblown, of course, from Infowars, but essentially. There was something that uh, happened, and Google has admitted that it was a quote-unquote mistake, uh-huh. and you'll never guess who they blamed. Contractors. Oh. Contractors were hired to deal with fake news and issues that advertisers are complaining about, and, the av- and these contractors accidentally delisted Infowars.com for a little bit. <laughs> uh, just, just, accident. just accidentally. And then, of course, Alex Jones made a huge scene out of it, and Google apologized. 
Um, I don't know. The whole thing was the whole thing. And so when you hear Google Schmidt say, we're not talking about censorship here. It should be possible for computers to detect malicious, misleading, and incorrect information and essentially have you not see it. We're not arguing for censorship. We're arguing just take it off the page. Right. Put it somewhere else. Make it harder. I laugh at this so hard because they can't even get rid of squatting websites that show Google AdSense. Right. Well, so I make some money. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is all, in my opinion, a little bit more lip service because I think they could really put the hammer down right now. But they love that sweet, sweet money. They love that sweet, sweet revenue. Who doesn't love that money? Oh, 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 we also. I, before we move on from cyber, because I was just going to do a really short cyber, because yeah. you know, you and I got the cyber thing down now. Yeah, we, lo- but we, we do it quick. Your buddy, yeah, my friend, Mr. Julian Assange, Assange, is still delivering a little bit on the Vault 7 leaks. They're still I coming out. I hate WikiLeaks. Let me tell you, I hate them. I hate them so hard. You mean the Russian WikiLeaks? I'm sorry. I love them so <laughs> yeah, well, bad. Okay, all right. Okay. All right, sorry. No, we have a little new Vault 7 detail, and it's a doozy, actually. The CIA's tool for tracking potential leaks is out in the open in the latest WikiLeaks release of classified documents from its so-named Vault 7. Artiz Ali has details on the program. WikiLeaks releasing new information today about the Scribble system. It's a CIA-created technology which allows the intelligence services to track uh, leakers, whistleblowers, and spies, and potentially journalists. Oh, boy. So they call it a web beacon that tags documents. So this is... Boy, you know, you know how these systems work is you have to have like some sort of document management system where yeah. all the documents go in and then when an individual checks it out at the time of checkout, it embeds a unique identifier into the, into the document's metadata or somewhere in the structure of the document. Typically only is going to work with a certain types of file formats like PDFs and Word docs and then you check it out and now you have something embedded. And then that's it's embedded to your user ID so they can tell if you're the one that leaked it. The problem is the documents have to be in the document management system in the first place. Right. And Makes sense. Like what, what Edward Snowden leaked was a bunch of uh, PowerPoint presentations from an intranet, which probably wouldn't be in some sort of document management system. Uh, leakers, whistleblowers and spies and potentially journalists by uh, implanting a little electronic tracking device, so to speak, on certain files. No, it's just like a watermark. You have to have something that can read it. It's, it's not a yeah. tracking device. Uh, potentially sensitive files, so that if those documents end up being leaked later on, they can track who accessed them and try to figure out exactly who the leak within their uh, system is. And it's... Uh... Yeah, it says actually on the, in, the, in the documents... Uh, Microsoft Office 2013 documents, Office 97 through 2016 versions do not work. Something that is uh, very difficult to detect. Normally, most people uh, accessing certain documents wouldn't be able to know that this uh, scribble system was implanted on there. It would seem that maybe the scribble system, too, was an invention they came with uh, came up with after Snowden. Yeah, which I thought was sense. interesting. So that's sort of now we can see, thanks to these additional leaks, we can see some of the measures that they took in response to like the Snowden type stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I got a little Facebook story we could play, but I say leave it for the supporter sync. Uh, let's get into other news because none of it's really newsworthy in, in none of that stuff. Um, and uh, I thought maybe we would uh, start with a little Russia. Let's get a little world news stuff, yeah, stuff enough. that stuff that maybe yeah, dented the universe. Let's go a little international. Your good buddy Tucker had okay, a yeah. had a uh, had a point that I thought maybe we could kick off our Russia coverage with. Tonight's reality check goes out to the members of the House Intelligence Committee. You may recall that a mere month ago, not that long ago, 
Democrats were outraged when intelligence chairman Devin Nunez who? was you don't happen to remember this, do you? I don't know who this guy is. allowed to privately review documents that indicated National Security Advisor at the time, Susan Rice, had deliberately unmasked the names of Donald Trump's associates who were spied no. upon. They tried to hound Nunez from office and complained they were being kept in the dark. Well, according to a new report by the Daily Caller News Foundation, now that those documents have been made available, apparently Democrats are no longer interested in reading them. There are nine Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee, but only two of them, Adam Schiff and Jim Hines, have bothered to look at the documents. Now, you'd think with their privileged position on that important committee, they'd want to see all relevant information yeah. that relates to their claim President Trump and his advisors are pawns of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. But they don't. And the reason is obvious. They never really thought Trump colluded with Russia in the first place. They're using that claim as a political tool. Even baseless accusations of treason, though, are fair game in the modern political climate. Their intentional ignorance is worrying for yet another reason, though. It shows how little the Congress cares about the federal government spying on its own citizens, probably illegally. Today, it really can't be boiled down this way. If my party does it, then it must be completely okay. And that's not true. Your thoughts on not just that point, but also the fact that they got access to these documents and they don't really care. It doesn't seem to be changing much. When did they get access to the documents? It's been a while, actually. It's been like weeks. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, a lot of these guys are busy and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, to this other point, though, I definitely feel like it is. Well, if my party does it, it's okay. It's okay. And, and now and both we're, parties and we're, and have we're been, seeing that from both sides right and now. And both parties yeah. have been very complicit in the industrial spying complex. Absolutely. And there's I mean Bush Bush started it and Obama codified it. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And now Trump gets to leverage it. And you know what's funny just re- one real quick not didn't mean to interrupt. No, but that's right. When Snowden when the Snowden leaks came out, at the time well, I, I, at the time I made the point even if you're comfortable with with Barack Obama having access to all of these tools would you be comfortable with, say, a tyrant coming in and all of a sudden having access to these tools and using them against his political opponents? Now, I would, I would pose that question again. If when Barack Obama was in office, you were comfortable with NSA mass surveillance, are you now comfortable with Donald J. Trump having access to those same tools? I was, um, I was not comfortable with either one of them having same, those tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like there is a double standard there. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, and I've heard it from both sides. I've heard it from... You know, Obama supporters saying, oh, you know, he's not doing it for evil purposes or whatever the case may be. And then you hear the exact same argument on the other side. All that, you know, this is all just spun up this terrorism. It's for the kids, whatever reason you want to throw on there. Got to remind you guys that in the fall, uh, it was Section 702 comes up for renewal, which is the loophole they use for mass collection of the Internet, for going down to the uh, ISPs and for tapping a lot of fiber lines and for some of these incidental collection uh, stories you've heard about this loophole is the one they're using and that comes up for renewal soon that's okay though because once you kill net neutrality then you can just go ahead and just mass collect it anyway and then you don't have to worry about oh it. you want to go there <laughs> i do ha- i do have a net neutrality clip if you want to talk I about think it. it might be time to start let's, putting okay. it on the radar let's, let's, a little the bit. best way to understand net neutrality uh, is to think of the internet as a sort of moment? you love it already don't you i hate it already what are you talking about you I, love that lo- stupid little and then like you know they have the little keyboard clacking is to think of the internet and 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 now now they're going to do and explain to me like I'm five. You know, what's what's crazy about this, too, is uh-huh. they're using the same analogies they've been using since the 80s. 
Like, they haven't updated their way of explaining it. To think of the Internet as a sort of congested superhighway. <gasps> what a brilliant I ne- I, I, what a brilliant analogy. I never okay. thought of that, All Chase. Right. Let's, let's continue. Like a super information is highway. Is this like a series of tubes, you say? With most of the fast lanes taken up by big, fat trucks carrying content like Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu. Oh, yeah, I know In Netflix. 2015, the Obama administration ruled those big companies cannot doing? pay to dominate the fast lanes. Yeah, that's what they did. Okay, so first yeah. off, I uh, this is NBC. Right? Yes, sir. NBC, stop it. Because I know what you're doing. <laughs> stop it. Okay? It wasn't the Obama administration. And notice on the lower third there it says Trump administration targets equal access. It's not the administration. Okay? Now I know people are going to argue semantics to me and say, well, the FCC commissioner is installed by the. But it's the FCC commission doing this. Okay? This is not. Something tells me Trump's not a big hands on guy with the FCC commission. I exactly. He doesn't even seem to be a big hands-on because, guy where we're dropping bombs. Because here's so. the funny thing about it: if, if honestly, if Trump knew what the hell was going on here, and he knows how much he tweets, and he knows how much he puts stuff out there, I think he would want uh, open and clean access for all. Clean, I like that. Yeah, companies cannot pay to dominate the fast lanes. Everyone from e-commerce giants to mom-and-pop websites must be treated equally. Without yeah. these regulations, one website could uh, make sure that um, that their content is, is reaching consumers faster. You know, I, the reason why this, this whole argument feels like it's uh, uh, just not super strong anymore, because I, I grok what they're saying, especially as an independent content creator. Yeah. <clears throat> but with these supposed net neutrality saving rules in place that the quote-unquote Obama administration was responsible for, we got we got T-Mobile's free rating. And now, uh, even with even with internet, uh, even with the uh, net neutrality supposedly intact, you can get YouTube and you can get Hulu and you can get Netflix. You can stream Apple Music and you can stream Spotify all for free. But you can't stream Jupiter. You got to pay for Jupiter Broadcasting. And that's happening right now. See, so... I thought about this the other day, and and I think once you see, and I know five G is a big marketing term, but five G, <laughs> but five G or the next generation of of internet wireless technology that will allow people to have fixed access, fixed wireless access on their homes with low latency is going to be a game changer in my opinion. And when that happens, you're going to have companies wireless. Yes. See, none of these rules apply to wireless. That's the thing. Right, but hear me out, okay? Once the new technology launches, these wireless carriers, wireless ISPs, will have a direct a direct way to compete with Comcast, Charter, and all the other you know monopoly ISPs that are out there, right? And when you have that competition, I think finally, I mean finally, people are going to have more choice. And because of that competition and because of that choice, and maybe, maybe this, you know, I'm drinking a little Kool-Aid here, you won't have companies doing these favoritism things because they can't afford to do that if they want to compete. In a sense, though, you're only sort of furthering my point that like this net neutrality debate is almost over. Like now that we're so now that wireless carriers are are not only they're, they're, they're getting close. Well, they're but, not there okay. yet. Let's but 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 the but the FCC bureaucracy is like – this is going to be like a long-term thing. Like look at look at how radio is regulated or television. Right. And imagine applying that same agency to the internet. And, and, and we're dealing with an issue that is a short-term issue because in, in five, ten years, wireless is going to make wired internet look like 
you know, like the PS2 connection. Like it's going to be nobody's everybody's going to be on new wireless connections like you were just talking about or they'll be consuming things on their phone like they already are doing today. Right. And it really won't matter because it's have added Haas on well, the wireless carriers. You, you, well, you know how much uh, markup, I mean, how much profit margin, I should say, ISPs make on, on their data? It's, yeah. it's astronomical. I guess, here's where I'm, I guess this is the point I'm trying to make, though, is it is, like, it is like bringing in a monster to come in and regulate the Internet who will eventually I, – I, I just – I don't mean I, to be I, this I guess, guy, but it seems like to me that once you bring in this regulator, regulation body that says that ISPs have to be common carriers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then don't they also eventually bleed into other areas of the net where they start regulating what you say in podcasts? They start regulating what's on YouTube. They start regulating what website content well, is. Well, the they good, start regulating if you can, if you yeah. warn about cookies or not. Now, one more yeah. thing. This is, in my estimation, regulatory creep is a real possibility if you look at the previous industries that they have come into. It's happened across every industry that they've come into every medium that they come into and regulate, that's what happens. And we are transitioning to wireless. Wireless is going to be so much larger with everybody with a phone in their pocket, tablets that have built-in cellular, and the 5G networks that you're talking about. We are going to bring in a monster to regulate the wired internet when the rest of us are all going to be on wireless anyways, and it's just completely wild west and the carriers are already fucking it all up. See, I, I, I think part of the problem here is we did try the lax regulation method, right? We tried it yeah. way back when, uh, and remember when Comcast was sniffing out uh, BitTorrent packets, right? And, and then it was AT&T offering unlimited data, but not telling users that they were being throttled after five gigabytes of data. I think there's... I think but there all can be, those things are still happening. Well, like, some because, of those things are still, you still happening. If you, if you download Game of Thrones over BitTorrent on Comcast, they still send you a note and they'll shut you down after three times. That's still happening. And uh, they're 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 not down. They're not doing that because of using BitTorrent. They're doing it because of piracy. DMCA. Yeah. Yeah. If you were downloading a Linux distro of BitTorrent, they wouldn't be throttling. I had an unlimited AT and T line that I had in the RV. Just got a text message from AT and T last weekend right. that uh, my unlimited plan that I right. that was a grandfathered see, unlimited see, plan but, is going to twenty two gigs. And after that, screw you. But see, the thing is, is like before AT and T was allowed to do all these things and not say a word, and now because of the regulation, is that true though? You no, know, that is definitely true. Hmm. And now, because of the regulation... Do we need the FCC for that, though? Well, what what is a better agency? Because right now, the FTC has even come out and said, uh, the Federal Trade Commission has come out and said, well, we don't really have the ability yeah, to do yeah. that. I mean, I Congress can't solve that problem. Right. I agree. I mean, it yeah. does seem like it would be the I, FTC. I but. think there needs to be just regulation to keep things open and free, because these companies, as, as they are beholden to their shareholders, they're not in our public interest. And that's that's the problem, I guess, with this whole thing. You know, this whole... The, all the other thing that's awkward about NBC covering this is who owns NBC again? Uh, yeah, either way, I, I'm I'm very curious to see where the discussion goes because I'm not like crazy invested on one side or the other. I just have concerns. Yeah, well, on each I mean, side. it's like you know, you go to your uh, power company here, our local power company, and they say, "Well, you can't use power for podcasting. You can only use power for cooking." Or you know, don't use your power for washing your clothes between three p.m. and seven p.m. Only well, after all, eight. P.m. But if you do that, you have to pay extra. Oh yeah, or you can pay a premium. Yeah, that will happen too. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, I'm just saying though. I I, I think. We need to have some light regulation. I, I 
I think I just like to keep if, the players fair. Right. I mean, well, I definitely agree. Like regulation to say you have to be told if you're going to get cut off, like all that stuff, I think is super necessary. Yeah. So you have to be able to have that. But I don't think you necessarily want to have the regulation authority of the FCC over the internet. Even if it starts for something that we all kind of want, I think it ends up somewhere that essentially fundamentally changes what the internet is in a right. way that's probably not pro-free speech right. in the long run. Right. And and so I, it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. That's something to keep an eye on. And of course, you and I have a little bit of skin in the game being content yeah. creators. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. it's, it's interesting to with, watch. With nice fat pipes. Sit here and go, okay, well, let's hope this doesn't get screwed up. Let's hope this doesn't get screwed up. Please don't mess it up. You know what else seems like it's just on the verge of getting screwed up? Uh. Syria. And this is an oh. interesting one. we got some troops on the border of Syria and Turkey. The U.S. is now patrolling parts of the region with armored vehicles in the wake of Turkish strikes on U.S.-backed Kurdish militia. The goal is to clamp down on cross-border sort of skirmishes, fights between the two U.S. allies. The patrols began Friday and are being conducted along Syria's central and northeastern border with Turkey. Uh, I want to bring in our Ben Wiedemann, who is one Seems like maybe the situation with Turkey, our relationship with Turkey, might be improving under uh, Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of situations that may be improving, this little border patrol may have led to a phone call. Oh, the leaders of Russia and America have held an urgent phone call in which they discuss Syria and North Korea. Let's cross live now to RT's Ilya Petrenko for more. Hello there, Ilya. So, what was said during the call? Kate, hi again. <laughs> We could have that net neutrality uh. conversation again in that uh, satellite delay. Uh, and no, Arch Linux Russian, to answer your question, we're not really taking a position on net neutrality. We're just raising both sides of the argument, which I think is a good co- a conversation to have because so many yeah. different camps get just so locked into like their tribal's take on it. Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, Trump and Putin have a phone call and uh, they talk about it and uh, they talk about maybe doing a little more military cooperation, which always seems like it could be a good thing. Um, apparently, there was also some commu- communication before uh, the the weapons depot that was struck that had the chemical weapons in Syria. Before yeah. that was struck, apparently, there was a little notification to the U.S. military that, hey, we're going to be striking this area. If you know of any reasons we shouldn't, let us know. And there was no uh, callback on that. Oh. That, that also came out this week. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Donald Trump isn't too worried about it, though. He's not too concerned about it because he's too busy getting nuked in the media this week. Did you see this uh, interview? Did President Obama give you any advice that was helpful? Of it, yeah. That you think, wow, he well, really he was very nice to me. But after that, we've had some difficulties. Uh, so it doesn't matter. You know, words are less important to me than deeds. And you, you saw what happened with surveillance. But you stand by that claim about him? I don't stand by anything. I just- Why didn't you just say yes? Yeah, I stand by the wiretapping claim because I think it's – you could say I stand by the wiretapping claim. I think the term could be interpreted different ways, but it seems to be mostly proven out. You mean I stand by the claim because I saw it on Fox and Friends and I want to make sure that uh, I uh, tweet at them and give them a plug when I'm going to be on at 630 tonight. That claim about I don't stand by anything. I just – you can take it the way you want. I think our side has been proven very strongly and everybody's talking about it. I was surprised it didn't end right there. I thought that would be the end of the line of questioning. You're the president of the United States. You said he was sick and bad because he had tapped you. You can take any way. You can take it any way you want. But I'm asking you because you don't want it to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United States. That's enough. Thank you. And the interview is over. And look at the CBS guy. Like, he knows it. Like, look at that smile. Look at that smile. That's a huge smile. It's a... In my, in my opinion, what Trump there is very immature. 
I mean, seriously. What oh, do you oh, do? You can, you can form your own. You can offer. Just give your opinion. I think he's asking. He Dickerson well, is asking the president. I would okay, say what Trump is doing is he's communicating to the interviewer that I'm not going to be answering that line of questioning. Is what then he's why saying. Why didn't he just say that? It is what he's saying. No, I, I, I think. I mean, he's just being a little kid in this. I agree that he looks awful and he looks like you know. But the my point here is Dickerson does seem to be like the, the conversation. I would assume would have been over right. I mean, to be fair, I think Dickerson. I don't know. He was like th- a dog with a bone. Yeah. Well, not only that, but Dickerson wants Trump to give an answer. Just give us an answer and don't give us a non-answer. Just give any answer either way, left or right. And I think in the back of Trump's mind, it's like, God, how many more bombs do I have to drop before you stop asking me about this? (laughs) You can take any way. You can take it any way you want. But I'm asking you because you don't want it to be fake news. I want to hear it from President Trump. You don't have to ask me. Why not? Because I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United States. You know know what I get from that a little bit, though? When he says, you know, I have my own opinions. You have your own opinions. So maybe his opinions are not entirely based on fact, hmm. but based on feeling or rumor. I wonder about that because if he's saying my opinions could differ from your opinions, that's basically because the information that he might have is different. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United okay. States. It's enough. Hmm. I want to hear that again. You can have your own opinion because I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. Hmm. I took that as I've arrived at my own conclusions and you can you have arrived at your own conclusions. Like, we're right. not going to see eye but, to eye on but this. But based on what? Based on his information that he's received and Dickerson based on his information that he's researched through CBS? I would just, you know, if I was him, I would just pull an Obama. And the Obama <laughs> here is, I'm sorry, I can't talk about it. It's classified. Or that, sorry, we can't discuss an active investigation. Or sorry, this, that's, those, these, this is, these, these, that's, this information is classified. And I think that's a professional way of answering it. Well, it's a cop out and you don't really ever yeah. know. But it could be true too, yeah, right? Because yeah, I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United okay. States. So I think also maybe the context matters, right? Because Dickerson's in there to reflect on Trump's first 100 days. And so they had, a, they had yeah. press after press after press come in. And that's enough. Thank you. That's look at that look at that smile on Dickerson's face too, though. That is that guy. He's not, well. It, it's the smile of what's the word? It's the. It's smile an of, awkward smile. That's yeah, for sure. Because it, and then it, Trump it, just walks behind his desk. Thank you very much. And that's it. But you know what's weird about it? What's strange about the whole thing? Unless I'm mistaken, is yeah. No, look, he's miked. So he walks away. Why not? Because I have my own opinions. You can have your own opinions. But I want to know your opinions. You're the president of the United okay. States. It's enough. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, he says again. So thank you very much, he says. So he says thank you twice. And then he walks around and sits behind his desk and he's still mic'd up. So then did some CBS guy had to come in and say, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. President, but uh, I need to I need you to stand up because I have to get that uh, that that transmitter out of your ass pocket. <laughs> like, really? Like, that's well, awkward, uh, right? Uh, uh, to be fair, I mean, that's some engineer is going to grab that. I know, but that's strange. And then he just walks away and sits down. And uh, the interview was over at that, that point. That was it. That is done. Uh, that's that's it. And then, of course, uh, Trump was out uh, rallying because that's, that's one of the things he really does seem to enjoy doing quite a bit. That's right. The crowd's pretty fired up. What are they saying, though, in the background, Chase? What are they saying? I think they're saying CNN sucks. Yeah. 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 And look at him just kind of egging him on there. He looks pretty happy about that. Media outlets 
like CNN and MSNBC are fake news. Fake news. How is it fake? He was trying to get you a direct quote. Oh man! So CNN, of course, was uh, that that was that was that the one from the CNN feed there? Yeah, uh, yeah, that is live on CNN. So that's right. what's so brilliant. This is live. They're chanting CNN sucks, CNN sucks on CNN live, and then he says CNN's fake news. Fake news. God, that's that's uh, th- I, that might be. I gotta play one more time. <laughs> this is live on CNN. That's right. This is so great. Wow. Media outlets like CNN and MSNBC are fake news. That crowd. Fake news. So uh, CNN, of course, had to respond, and they sort of had a meltdown, dude. Right. He needs this affirmation from his base because he's a, a, a moral midget and he is a deeply insecure person. He's haunted by the fact that the vast majority of Americans, 54 <laughs> percent, voted against him. Haunted. He lost to Hillary Clinton in the popular vote by 2.8 million. He's haunted by that. So he needs. He's a needy little baby. What he needs as a president, though, is to unify Easy the country. on the he bell. Hey, man, I'm just digging it when he hits it. He's a, he's, he's, I'm just petition is to expand his base. Okay, if you want to be small-minded, he needs to expand his base as a politician. But as a president, he needs to expand. The, the moment that, that when we were watching this, John, you pointed out when he hollered at that protester, mm-hmm. that is not how a president behaves. And I went back and looked. Uh, during the campaign, this one we just finished. President Obama was speaking in North Carolina. Oh, brother. I, you know, this kind of stuff. So the panel goes on. Uh, they suck some Obama dick for a few minutes. <laughs> and what's great is he selectively talks about, like, one time Obama, like, handled it well, which was during a, during a campaign speech, which are other times when Obama has not handled it well. We have clips on our soundboard from it. And the whole panel just starts to argue like crazy, even your buddy Santorum. Defend me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. But Barack Obama didn't offend you, and he deeply offended me. Right. He deeply offended the people in that crowd and that because he, he spoke down to them. Yeah. He, he didn't try to elevate us. He, try, he was morally condescending, calling people bigots and racist. And, mm. and pe- so they start going, of course, into Obama, which then gets uh, the panelists on the far right there pretty President fired Trump up. And the, and the way pundits and the way people in the media talk about him, his candidacy, the people around him in the West Wing, his family, it's deplorable. And when you oh. have that type of rhetoric and tone constantly beating at the at the drum every single day 24 7 that is not helping america and when paul when you listen i did not like probably 98 to 99 percent of the things that president obama did but i would never call him obama and i would never call him a moral midget or a needy little baby even if i thought the two things were true about him so as you sit here with Uh your platform and attack the president with these horrible sayings about him personally and then say well mr president or trump you are doing the same thing you have to have some type of honesty about how you're talking about the president and how you (laughs) it's just and it goes downhill from there so of course they melt down but i wanted to see maybe if you could if your eye could catch anything this came around trump's first 100 days this is going around uh i wonder i want to know if maybe you're keen to anything in this video Donald Trump, sworn in as president 100 days ago, America has rarely seen such success. A respected Supreme Court justice confirmed. Companies investing in American jobs again. America becoming more energy independent. Regulations that kill American jobs eliminated. The biggest tax cut plan in history. 
Yeah! Woo! Yeah, buddy! Yeah! Okay. Not a tax cut, but a tax cut does plan. Get, does it get better? Well, I, so do you do you notice anything about this video? It is it is big. It is the best. It, it is, is great. It is orchestral. It is the ah. Oh! You wouldn't know it from watching the news. America is winning, and President Trump is making America great again. Now, here's the crazy thing. This is a campaign ad by the sitting president of the United States. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. What? What did I just see? Have you ever? Has this happened before? Has a sitting president that's been in office for 100 days had an existing campaign that Don, paid for by Donald J. Trump, Trump for President Inc., approved by Donald Trump? This is for his next election. This is the campaign staff yeah. for his next election running this commercial yeah. in 2016 America, or 17. Good great again. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. This is remarkable. This is remarkable. And man, is this thing high energy too, by the way. That is a high energy ad. What are your thoughts on that? <sighs> wow. Uh- <laughs> I got to, by the way, just a little so, side note while you compose yourself. I have a teaser in the over, just a teaser for what's coming up in the overtime. I have a video that does go through uh, the money the campaign is spending. All right. So let's talk about, I mean, we can go through a point by point. I mean, talk about the the tax cuts that we don't know what the brackets are, right? So you have no idea if... Uh, and, and by the way, if you're a you know common you know middle class guy like myself, you have you only know that they're going to keep the mortgage deduction and one other deduction, I think, and they're going to get rid of every other deduction under the sun, and, you know. And it's a it's it's a lot of fluff. It's a campaign ad, so of course they're going to try to paint themselves in the, in the biggest light. I, I just thought that's amazing Do, to see it. It's 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 remarkable to it, see it. it it's. It's bad. I think it's bad form, and I don't think it matters who is in office at the time. He, he, whoever the president is, and in this case, it's President Donald Trump, should be concentrating on his job. I do wonder if not I, his reelection campaign. I do wonder if it perhaps portrays a certain undertone of insecurity, like the media isn't portraying my story right, so I've got to be the one that does it right. Like, but how I mean, here's the thing. His target audience is his base, right? Is 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 Republicans, is you know, is his base. And so that's what this commercial's targeting, right? It's it's targeting against the same messages and things that he's been pushing out there. The media is fake. They're not telling the truth. You know, we're we're you know, we're doing this, we're gonna cut taxes, we're gonna yeah. do all these things. You, you know, know, maybe that's why uh, Reuters decided to uh, release the audio for this next story, because when it came out in the news it was almost unbelievable to read it in print, but then to hear it in audio, well, can't be fake. Shazam, let's take a listen. I loved my previous life. I loved my previous life. I had so many things going. I, I, I actually, this is more work than in my previous life. I thought it would be easier. I th- How does that make you feel as a citizen of the United States hearing your president, our president, Say those that. Here's the most generous interpretation I have of this. The most generous interpretation I have of this is that he's actually trying to brag about how much work his past life was, like how hard he hustled before. That's my most generous interpretation. Because otherwise it's a little freaky, dude. But let's keep it going. Let's All keep right. going because it gets good. I thought it would be easier. I thought it was more of a – I'm a details-oriented person. You know, Syria, Iraq. I think you would say that. But I do miss my old life. This I like to work, so that's not a problem. But this is actually more work. You know what I, I when I first heard this, I I thought that the reason why he said all these things is because he thought that he could 
be elected president, walk into the Oval Office and delegate a bunch of stuff, delegate, not only delegate, but whatever he couldn't delegate, he could just write an executive order and it would be done. Uh, and no, and no big deal. Like I think he, maybe he, he thought would, he'd have more family in there running things for him too. Or not all, maybe. I mean, but it's not just that though. I I think like he feels like if he can't get what he wants done, that he should uh, the rules should be changed or things should be bent. I think and, that's that's a possible interpretation. He could also be talking about how much work all the stupid ceremony stuff is that he has to do. Well. That could be why he's not doing things like White, Hor- White, Hor- White Horse, White House correspondence dinners and things like that is because he's annoyed with all the stupid, just like for he showy didn't do stuff. The, I mean, he was at a he was at the rally, rally. yeah, intentionally. Mika's got a theory. I think Mika and Joe both have a theory. Uh, actually, you mean the MSNBC that he mentioned? Yeah. as uh, being fake news. The Morning Joe's. Yeah, the, the, I'm all for talking about the the broad sweep of the last week. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is. For North Korea, for people worried about their health care, this lack of clarity, this sloppy talk has real implications. But you're, it's almost like you're pinpointing those two topics, like let's analyze what he said about those and be on a policy level and have a conversation. We're going to say what maybe no one said. We'll do it again. We're going to say. like they, You see how they look at each other? Like this was a planned discussion. We're going to say that that word matters. Um, and I think this is something they've been discussing behind the scenes, uh, maybe between the sheets. Maybe no one said we'll do it again. I'm not sure he's OK. Well, I mean, look, I think there's a cut. There. And then Joe shuts him down immediately. And, and, but, I'm not sure he's OK. And you have that feeling with people right. who yeah. are not OK, where it starts to dawn on you that they are not that OK. That it's getting worse. That it's getting worse. And, and it's a much bigger issue. Worse <laughs> than it has been. And. You talk about the AP interview and these other interviews, uh, the president of the United States saying, gee, this is a lot harder Mm -hmm. than my last job was. There's not a human being on the face of the earth that wouldn't uh, understand that you were stepping into the most difficult job of your life. Let's stop there. Um, So what do you so so I actually don't buy any of their premise here. I don't buy that it's getting worse. In fact, I'd say if you're part of the establishment or the standard right, uh, in the last few weeks, Trump's made a lot of great things. He's not pulling out of NAFTA. He's uh, supporting uh, NATO. He's dropping bombs on uh, Afghanistan. He's shooting missiles at Assad. He's talking tough to North Korea. Uh, he's checking off a lot of dom- a lot of uh, policies. It's not domestic stuff isn't really all that successful yet, but all it, all all his like military stuff is checking all of their boxes. In fact, I think you could make an argument that he's become. More more to center um, in the last three weeks, and uh, that I, I would say he's more on track with the establishment than he's ever been. I would give you some of that. The only thing I would I would say in that is he's he's done those things because he hasn't had to go through a legislative process. He's been able to do all of that very easily, but now he's running out of things. Like I mean, you, I mean, granted, we have a lot of. Uh, but we have what ten Moabs over there, or you know, so you know, so he's got nine more to use. But since he hasn't been able to push anything through on the legislative side, I, I think that's yeah. th- that's yeah. where he's going to come up to a wall eventually. And he's starting to feel that a little bit now, where he's trying to get health care pushed through this week, at least on the House side. I don't I don't think it has any chance of clearing the Senate, but getting through on the House side before their uh, their break. Because in his mind, he wants another bullet point to put on the highlight reel. And and that's the part that bugs me is for him, it's about bullet points. It doesn't feel like he, he cares. 
I think you're right on some issues. I think uh, even something as big as the border wall might actually be one of those issues. And I think maybe like the travel ban might also be one of those issues where he's like, these are campaign promises. I care as much as I want to deliver on these campaign promises. Now, does he want to deliver the promises because he's just wanting to deliver the promises to check off a list? Or he he really has an active feeling and interest for you I, know i, I mean you. that's i couldn't tell you and there and, was a there was a tweet leak of uh, steve bannon's a whiteboard i saw that yeah and you know yeah. there's a couple of things they have checked off as done like the travel ban or uh the, you know other things they don't have the wall checked off but things that you that are in court right now being fought that have been shut down they have ch- checked off as done and maybe they checked it off because oh we tried yeah yeah that was you know and, maybe and, 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 and talking about the the travel ban real real brief you know Remember the whole premise at the beginning of the travel ban and, and the initiate, uh, initial, initializing of the uh, executive order was because our country was at risk, right? Our country is in danger. Yep. We, we, we are because of terrorism, right? If I was the president and I on, and if I honestly believed that we as a nation were under danger, do you think I would let up for a second – I would be going every single day talking about this. I'd be like, we're fighting this every single day. This is a serious issue. We are at serious risk. But, you know, nothing's really going on. I mean, I know it's going through the courts, but it's not really being talked about. It was another bullet yeah. point in another cycle. So we've and we've never we never we've essentially seen nothing happen. Right. And and so when you see it checked off on the whiteboard there, it leads me to think that to them, it wasn't a matter of safety. It wasn't a matter of security. It was a matter of just checking off a damn bullet point. And that and that that pisses me off. I think there are some things that they do genuinely care about. Probably maybe the wall, uh, Obamacare, um, the Supreme Court. Like I think there is genuine yeah. – I think what you're just picking up on is some stuff is political stra- strategy and some stuff is actual I- ideology. Right. Um, yeah. You know, the, the thing that strikes me about this Morning Joe clip here where they say there's something wrong with him is – uh, I think I think for the most part, and I don't think it's complete. And I don't think it's like a, a, a it's an all sums thing. But um, I think Trump has successfully transitioned from uh, he's the next Hitler. I don't think anybody's calling Trump Hitler anymore. Uh, we haven't really heard that meme anymore. Um, and I don't think most people, most reasonable people on the left or the right, don't think he's a puppet of Vladimir Putin anymore. Like Trump's now he's firmly moved into the well, he's a he's a baboon. He's an idiot. He's he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a total noob. He's 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 Bush 2.0. He's Bush Jr. 2.0. He's he's just an idiot. I, I think this is a guy that you cannot. There's there's so many different labels that you could potentially throw. He, I mean, one thing, whether you love him or you hate him, he's the most unique character we will ever have, I think, in our generation. I, I think I think this is actually a great thing for Donald Trump. I think I think it is so much better to be considered incompetent than to think than to be considered a puppet of Putin right. or to be considered uh, maybe even something worse like Hitler. But this and, week. Well, yeah. But the, so, so listen to this clip one more time. Yeah. I, I'm all for talking about the. I'm going to jump ahead just a bit. Let's right. get to this. Analyze what he said about those and be because I think what they're doing is the, the media is just repeating the same mistake they made during the election where they underestimate how smart Trump is and how, oh, how yeah. easy he can pay. Yeah. And it's so simple and straightforward to slip into that thinking where then you, under, you underestimate him and then he ends up winning the general election yeah. and then he ends up becoming the president of the United States. Right. And yet they're still going, I think he's dumb. On a policy level and have a conversation, we're going to say what maybe no one said, we'll do it again. I'm not sure he's okay. 
I think MSNBC is trying to start a narrative, a narrative with some merit, something that people could get behind. I don't think he's okay. He's getting worse. But in reality, it's that same under underplaying, underselling, misunderstanding how Donald Trump works, misunderstanding how he's moving. They fail to see that he has now gone from Hitler from Putin lover to now he's an idiot. And that is a massive transition for Donald Trump to go through. Yeah. And if he can go – because it from, from idiot, it's not much further from idiot to hero because Bush made that transition. And then from there, you can go to a great president and you can win the next election. Yeah, I, I think it's something to follow because about – I want to say a few weeks ago, you, you heard about the psychologists who were doing their armchair analyzing of, of the president. And then just recently it, it popped up again and now – you know, you hear Mika talking about, oh, you know, he's just not right. You know, so I, I think it's this, it's this meme that it's been cycling, and it's I been, feel though it's dangerous because it's very it dangerous. leads you to underestimate Donald Trump, right? And and that's how he becomes president right. again. If you care about that, then you then you then either you like it or you don't like it. Whichever one it is, you better get your ass figured what, out. What's the what's the uh, the saying? Uh, actions speak louder than words or tweets. So I, I, I really I really think that, speaking of actions. Yeah, I think it comes down to actions. These actions, even the fact that they were just kind of looking at it is pretty concerning to me. I, I don't know what to make of this since you're kind of in the biz. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Change the libel laws. That would require, as I understand it, a constitutional amendment. Is he really going to pursue that? Is that so tr- Trump, Trump tweets about looking at changing the libel laws because how bad the fake news is. Rance Priebus sits down, you know, guy sits right next to Donald Trump to have this little one-on-one on ABC. That's something he wants to pursue. I think it's something that we've looked at um, and how that gets executed or whether that goes anywhere is a different story. But when you have articles uh, out there that have no basis or fact and we're sitting here on 24-7 cable uh, companies writing stories about constant contacts with Russia and all these other matters. Do you think the president should be able to sue the New York Times for stories he doesn't like? I think that newspapers and news agencies need to be more responsible with how they report the news. I am so tired. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Everyone, it's about whether or not the president should have a right to sue And I already answered them. the question. I said this is something that is being looked at, but it, it, it's something that as far as how it gets executed, where we go with it, that's another issue. I, I, <laughs> I'm shaking my head because where does it stop? Does it stop with what we're saying here on this show? Does it stop with a blogger in, in North Dakota who has their feelings and, and are sharing those feelings? Where does it stop? You know, and I definitely I could definitely see seeing it. I would definitely see it. So let's take the uh, speaking of North Dakota. Let's take the pipeline <laughs> uh, whole thing up there. Yeah. One of the things that came out of that that I thought was actually kind of badass, regardless of where you stand on the whole issue, is some really, really kick ass drone journalism. And the corporations just cracked down on these drone pilots. And really good stuff happened here. And the airspace is the airspace, right? Yeah. And so I thought that was that was an interesting use where a corporation could use the liable laws to go after an individual. And because he wasn't part of a journalist establishment, I think he was able to get screwed harder. And they could only imagine what happened if they could go after journalists. I mean, companies would abuse this. It's not just about politicians. Oh, no. It, companies would abuse it. It, it, it really – in my opinion, fundamentally breaks down to what the First Amendment is all about for all of us in, in the United States. And what a lot of countries have tried to mirror after is that freedom of speech and press and, and have that ability. And, you know, what I would say uh, 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 to, uh, uh, to the Trump administration is when a story comes out that you disagree with, you just half spicy, 
go up to the podium and bring up his alternative facts. And when you do that, you are a win. I got right? a one better for you. Okay. How about Spicy just doesn't answer any questions at all? <laughs> <laughs> Will you guys just email where that wall is from exactly so we can identify location? Appreciate Sean, it. Sean, Thanks so much. Sean. Hey, Sean. 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 Sean Spicer walks off stage. What, what did he say? Why were they yelling Sean for? Because they want him to answer some questions. It was a White House press briefing, and Sean didn't answer any questions. They held the briefing, and he walked off. That's what just happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, he great. read this. I, I, so I'm this sorry, guy comes out. Okay. So, so there's Sean. That's the back. That's the back of Sean's head right there. Exactly. So we can identify location. Appreciate it. Sean, Sean, Sean. Oh man. What about the Putin call? So, I mean. First off, you know, I, I understand that a lot of people have hate for the media, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, believe me, I see it all the time. However, yeah. however, I don't know. that kind of situation, what, I mean, people are going to get down on the media, but at the same time, that's what this, this is an open process, right? We're supposed to have an open dialogue. Sean. But Sean. You know, they don't, you don't actually have to hold daily press briefings either. You can, you know, there's no set. But if you're going to show up. And call it a, you know, you know, it's like, yeah. come on. I mean, they hold more press briefings than I think past administrations did. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show, that some of the technology and some of the things that they bring in, you know, like the technology, the Skype calls, that sort of thing. You know, I, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, it's about access. And if they want to, you know, fight this narrative yeah. of fake news, the best thing they can do is be out there front and center. It's not going to help with tensions between the media and the administration. It doesn't help at all. It, no. it, it's a step backwards. They should take the higher road. <laughs> Look at you fired up, dude. You're fired up. I love it. I think you're probably right, though. I think it's just about access. You know, and it's not just about the major news agencies. You know, there's smaller independent mm-hmm. news agencies mm-hmm. that are in that room. Mm-hmm. They they deserve to be able to try to ask a question, too. You know? It's it's all about access and having that ability. It was pretty funny, though. It it's definitely Sean, funny. Sean, 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 Sean. Uh, now, Mr. Chase, do yes. we have a, a, I don't know, I don't know how the sack is looking oh, this Oh, we week. got a great sack do this we? week, do buddy. We? Are you ready to jump in? Let's jump in. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold oh, on. Um, oh, you know, you wait. see, the problem is, is that uh, we just, uh, we oh, just switched you, to you, Linux. Are, are, uh, uh, yeah, we switched to Linux. Hey, it's wait, for people uh, who like to mess with And computers. you see, the thing is, Chase. And you know who you are. If you're uh-huh. somebody who doesn't want to mess with the I just want to surf the Leo. just want to buy something on Amazon. Yeah. Send an email to my kids. Right. Uncle look Leo. at some websites. If yeah. you, if you if that's you, you don't yeah. want to mess with it, probably not a good choice. Yeah. Wow. I think the Chromebooks are a good choice. I think okay. a new version of Windows would be fine. Yeah. Windows eight yeah. if you can afford okay. it. Yeah. yeah. A Macintosh sure. if you've got even more money, that's sure. a good choice. Yeah. Sure. It's only for the enthusiasts that I'd recommend. Oh. Uh, so I don't have a uh, I don't have our traditional music this week. So I thought I would do something maybe you're, you're a little gonna, different. You're gonna hum it out. <laughs> do 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 do. Oh no! Actually, <laughs> I thought I would do a, a, a special rendition, a rendition of our theme music. Oh, so there you go. All right, yeah. that, that sounds good. All right, hey guys, welcome to the sack. This is Linux Fest Northwest Weekend. Hopefully, you guys can make it up to Bellingham and and join us there at Bellingham Technical College. It's gonna be great great time but hey it's time for the sack cops rule three wrote in and says hey chase i saved this for you ismg security news podcast features some guy talking about saber rattling while saber rattling what a jerk you don't have to listen to it but he's pretty much like cyber 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 passwords phishing hackers are all over the world 
Russia's hacking us, North Korea cyber. But it was epic hearing this guy BS and cram almost everything into one interview. He gave a that link. might be fun. Yeah. Also, he goes sorry for the split post, but on a high note, I heard the kids quote our children's trust who is who are suing the U.S. government over climate inaction made it one step closer to a trial. This was the first I heard of it, but it sounds awesome. And he gave us a link to our child, uh, our awesome. trust.org. Awesome. Special interest or manipulating children. I, I, I mean, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Yes. And then Mickey T writes in the show and says, hey, how excited are you that Hillary is back? I know that I'm excited she's out of the woods. I'm so excited I uh, stuck it in the overtime. I got a special roundup of some of the things she said. Yeah, both Obama and Hillary are back. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she totally blames Comey on everything. Uh, anyway, sorry I haven't been in the sack for a while. I've been in and out of the port. With a hectic set schedule. I've been enjoying Noah in the overtime live broadcast also. Great opinions. Also, I'm doing my best to get friends and family on the unfiltered train. Woo-woo. Got my brother-in-law to listen. Keep up the great show. If you want to be a part of Club 33, you can get on the waiting list right now at patreon.com slash unfilter. There you can get on the waiting list. But you know what? We also have the other levels. We have the other Even if levels. you don't get in Club 33, you can yes. get supporters sync. You can support the show. Keep yes. us going. Only one patron last week. Tom. So I would, so I would, you know, we the weeks when uh, Linux Fest is, is around, we have to like work crazy hard yes. to just stay on top of Unfiltered. So I appreciate the support at patreon.com. And, and, and by the way, through the month of April, just kind of give you a summary for the month of April, we picked up plus six patrons, which is great. Could be a little higher. Well, yeah, but you got to realize <laughs> some people have dropped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. people came on. Yeah. So it, we've netted six. six. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I'm I, very appreciative of that. Yes, and I'm and I'm always appreciative of every person. And, and by the way, if you can't afford Club 33 and can't uh, afford five, you can come at $2 a month or just simple retweets, pushing the word out there, writing a review on iTunes, you know, just getting the gentle word about it this show. That helps a lot. It helps tremendously. Mm-hmm. And thanks to all you guys who join yeah. us. In our chat room and, and on Patreon, it's so much. Want to so awesome. wrap it up on a high note? Let's wrap it up. On Here we go, note. Mr. Chase. Let's there is a new market that uh, people, uh, for some reason, thought, I don't know, it almost feels like reverse sexism. I'll let you judge, Chase. Ever since Californians voted to legalize recreational pot, more people are embracing it, especially women. California's new cannabis economy. What? Not women. Has projected has a projected value of seven billion dollars. Oh wow! Only on five tonight. Betty Yu shows us how the stoner stigma is going up in smoke. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a pun, Chase, yeah, and a movie. Oh, but have a good one. You too. Megan Dooley Fisher isn't shy about what? her cannabis use. No Two years ago, I got my medical card and I began to see immediate results. By the way. Notice they didn't say marijuana user at the lower third. They called her a cannabis user. That is a good catch. That's I've gotten I've gotten just almost blind to that now. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's and an improvement because you know we've episode one marijuana derogatory term cannabis the actual way to call it. She regularly uses the San Francisco based on demand delivery app Ease, the most valuable marijuana tech company, to treat her chronic pain and insomnia. She's a single mom who now works in the industry. <laughs> they, got a, they got a totally stupid delivery setup for this interview, and that guy's totally awkward about He's it. He's like, oh, God, you got me on camera? I would say even in, the, in those two years, I've seen a, a change in how people view it. I think it's important that people treat it like the plant 
that it is and the medicine that it is. It shouldn't be stigmatized. At dispensaries across the Bay Area, including the Guild in San Jose, that stoner stigma appears to be slowly fading. These days, it's no longer that high school kid that's kind of smoking a joint behind school. You know, it's more of that executive. She's a mom. She's anyone. And she she doesn't feel that people look at her as basically a pothead. I, I have some anecdotal evidence that does seem to suggest that uh, more and more women that uh, I have uh, acquaintance with are casually smoking pot when they hang out. Are, are they uh, going after the soccer moms of this segment, you think? Do you well, think? We call them the security moms now. Oh, That's what, oh yeah, yeah. We, it's, I, it's a I new missed, term. Yeah. We don't like you to assume our, our sport. Oh, if I'm I, sorry. And I and Do I, I don't need to be activity neutral. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you got uh, it. Activity See? neutral. You've okay. got it, man. You can keep. You'll My keep bad. up. You'll be good. You get this. But actually, that's a nice positive story. I mean, it, yeah, it's and it's informational. Well, it is informational, and I actually I buy it too. I do buy it. I yeah. buy it that I buy it that it is there. It's a huge market because um, when you drink, you feel like crap often, you know. And there's a lot of people in life that just want to be able to relax at night and not wake up in the morning and feel like it's time to commit suicide. And I think that's one of the very appealing things about cannabis in our crazy, crazy life. Yes, that we lead these days. Absolutely. Which your unfiltered show is here to help you sort through. In fact. Don't worry. Don't fret. There's so much more coming up, including another overtime with Noah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's is, been in is town he gonna for a bit. Be li- is he going to be live in the studio? Well, yes. Well, yes, he will be. Awesome. He'll be here. I know. So we made a special arrangement. That's very nice. In it's the meantime, good. though, we'll be partying with you, at least the rec- the live versions of us. This is weird how this all works. Oh, I know. It's strange. So if you're going to part two, we thought we'd leave you with a few bits of parting advice, like where to find Mr. Nunes. You can find me on Twitter at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. Oh. I'm the real one, the verified one. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> you can also follow my game stream, twitch.tv slash geekgamertv, doing a lot of City Skylines oh. right now, which... By the way, yeah. very playable on Linux and a lot of fun. That does sound good. Where can uh, people follow your adventures, Mr. Chris? You know, you can always follow me on the Twitter, too, at Chris LAS. Rumor has it there may be a new vlog coming out soon. What? YouTube.com slash Chris Fisher. Anything about the studio build or rebuild? Or Probably you, eventually. Okay, yeah, i got to get through the Dell trip. That's what I'm... Rumor yeah, has it's coming out. Yeah, rumor has but then, yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff, plus Linux Fest Northwest behind the scenes and all of that. We'll Looking forward to that. Eventually. Yeah. In the meantime, follow our live shenanigans at Linux Fest. We'll be tweeting at Jupiter Signal. We'll be streaming jblive.tv. Mr. Chase will be probably the guy running the board I'll be there, running right? running the board. Yeah, so you'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. Mr. No will be there. Yeah. We'll probably all jump on mic at some point. So why not tune in? Even if you're not a huge Linux nerd, it's probably still going to be a really great time. And if you are a big Linux nerd like I am, you know it's going to be a good time. That'll be jblive.tv. Last but not least, participate in the show via our subreddit at unfilter.reddit.com. You can send us an email at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. And if you want to get it on the show, we'll go sign up for Club 33 at patreon.com slash unfiltered. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of the Unfilter program. We'll be back here on Wednesdays. Go grab an RSS feed so you get the next episode automatically. That way you don't have to worry about it. Right. And we'll see you right back here next, next week.
and welcome to the Unfilter Overtime. That's right, the show is just really getting started. And this overtime segment, the entire overtime, dedicated to one patron this week, Tom. Thank you to our new patron, Tom, for signing up. Tom, you're the reason I showed up today. So I appreciate it. If you'd like to keep the show going, show us a little support, patreon.com slash unfilter. To make things a little more exciting, it's not just me here, though. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Colonel Linux. Hello. Hello, Noah. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you back. So Noah's uh, been uh, hanging out with us at the studio. I'm getting ready for Linux Fest Northwest. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be a really, really, really big show. We've been prepping. We've been prepping. We've fallen into the trap, Noah, of, uh, you know, getting blinders on. But we're going to take a little breather from all of that and do a little unfilter overtime. You know how I like to start out the overtime? With video and commentary and music and your bing that we don't have? Oh, I have bings. <laughs> oh, don't make me. You know you know what you're trying to make me do, right? I will do it. You're going to play it? Oh, if you... Damn it, Noah. This, <laughs> that was your fault. Okay. That was I'm, your fault. But here's the good news about playing that is now you have my undivided attention. Oh, good, because we got it out of the way? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right, so now let's start with my new favorite segment, in the overtime, and that's the O'Nancy segment. And Nancy was rocking it this week. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff. And she's giving out grades. She's telling people how Trump done in his first 100 days. Trump, he gets an F, but Democrats, they get 100%. I don't, I don't quite know why Trump gets an F and Democrats get it. It's a different grading system, I guess. Being here in this party. week. Thank you. So we heard you give President Trump an F minus. What's your grade for Democrats during the first 100 days of the Trump era? Oh, my gosh. In terms of unity, 100 percent unified. 100 percent. That's how we were able to work with an outside mobilization, channeling the energy of the American people to defeat their drastic, horrible health care. <laughs> what? But if you, if you look at our latest ABC News Washington Post poll, Two-thirds of the American people say the Democratic Party is out of touch. That is more than, say, President Trump is out of touch, more than, say, Republicans are out of touch. Isn't the Democratic Party a bit of a mess right now, too? No, it isn't. The Democratic Party is unified. I would say my own critique of the Democrats, we have walked the walk, but we haven't talked the talk. That's her one critique. That's her one critique. First of all, that critique doesn't even make sense. Second of all... uh, what is she talking about? Because the, the Democrats, they have no power right now. They they literally have no ability to get anything done. And not to mention, they are the most disorganized they've probably been in 50 years. Yeah. Who is their leader? Who leads the Democratic oh, Party? Oh, we're going right to get there. Uh, all we do is fight for America's working families. That's oh, she almost had it. She almost had it. No, she's not saying all they do is fight. All we do is fight. You could leave it right there. That would be correct. America's working families. Oh. oh, oh, is that what Hillary was doing? Against special interests that the Republicans represent. That's what Hillary was doing when she was taking that money from Wall Street in them speeches. Right. But that has not come across. So you, you've said you think that Democrats can win back the House. Yes. Let's do the odds. What is the percentage chance that... You are re-elected Speaker of the House. Well, it's not about me. It's about well, the, the Democrats. Democrats. The Democrats it's can about the Democrats. Uh, better and better. Uh, history is on our side. It's- <laughs> okay, I'm going to... You know, I tell you what, I agree with her. If it, the, the Republicans ran on three things. They ran on Obamacare. They ran on building the wall. And they kind of ran on getting rid of the public education system. And if they get, if they get zero out of three, 
I agree with her. I think they're coming back in 2018. I don't really think the Republicans won. I think Trump won and the Republicans that played ball that wrote his coattails also won. I think that's what won. Yeah, fair enough. But at the end of the day, I think that they're going to take the House and or the Senate in 2018. And I think they'll win the president in 2020 if we don't have a course correction here. So she goes on and she makes an interesting uh, little snafu here. I want to see if you can catch it. Okay, I mean, it comes pretty quick, so you probably will. Excuse me. Oh, a little bit, a little bit back. See, there she goes. Wins, understands the priorities of the American people, and they are not with President Bush. Did you catch it? Of course you did, right? This is the second clip I've played of her in a few weeks where she calls Trump President Bush. And, and, uh, uh, and but what did he put out but a wish list for billionaires? I see everything as an opportunity, and I've never seen so much willingness to help win. And if winning means winning for the American people, that either we win or whoever wins understands the priorities of the American people, and they are not with President Bush. Excuse me. President- I'm so sorry for- so I almost so here's what I so watch this next moment now knowing what you know about media production mm-hmm. to me this feels like this was prearranged like she what the reason why she said Bush isn't because she's so demented that she's confusing Bush with Trump right. and she just has Republican rage mm-hmm. and you know if it's got an R she fights I think what's actually going on is she slipped the script. She just realized that she slipped the script here because mm-hmm. she's thinking ahead about what the script is. And the script is – and by script, I mean like a pre-negotiated conversation. Right. Yep. The script is we, we, are, we, are, we are hammering on Bush was even better than Trump. Even Bush was mm-hmm. better than Trump. Mm-hmm. I would take Bush before I'd have Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's the new – I think that's the new Democrat marketing – anti-Trump marketing campaign. And I think the, that next question was planted. He was about to ask a question like that. Mm-hmm. And so he just tucks and rolls and goes with it. But the reason why she said Bush's name is because she knew that was coming up. Listen right. to the whole thing in context. Win. Or whoever wins understands the priorities of the American people, and they are not with President Bush. Excuse me. President oh, I'm so sorry, Trump. President Bush. <laughs> I never thought I'd pray for the day that you were president again. But uh, you're praying for the day that President oh, Bush president, is president yes, again. Well, we worked, and so you asked the question: How would I work with a Republican president? He didn't ask that question. <laughs> he didn't ask the question. Did you hear that question? No, no. The way we worked with President Bush. And now they're now they're saying we'd do anything to have Bush back, but she can't. You know. What I find fascinating about it isn't that she would be pushing that message. It's that he was obviously prepared to ask the question. Right. And it was obviously prearranged, which is part of the problem is that ABC, NBC and CBS are so establishment. They're so in with the establishment Democrats that they have helped these people keep entrenched in power when the people obviously don't want them and feel they don't represent them. Right. But because of their partners like this douchebag in the media, they maintain power. Mm hmm. It's awful. And I just thought that – I thought she's just – not that she was – people are taking it as, oh, man, Nancy's so crazy. She can't even keep Trump and Bush straight. No, she can't keep the script straight. Right. That's what the issue was there. And and the conclusion with the media is is ridiculous. The funny thing is everyone wants to jump on you know, what are credible news sources and yet we have irrefutable evidence that places like CNN – this is why they – this is – so see, the confusion is – see, what happens is they say, well, this is your liberal media. This is the liberal bias. Right. I actually disagree. I don't necessarily think it's a liberal bias so much as it is a pro-establishment bias, yes. a pro-status quo bias, right. a pro-access to people in power bias. Mm-hmm. And that happens to be where the Democrats have played really strongly. Right. And so that is why the media has a bias to Democrats mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, the media is in the job of transferring information. Their product is information. They sell it to the people with – 
and the people pay in the currency of their attention. Mm-hmm. And the better information you have, the more attention you get. The more right. attention you get, the more advertising you sell. Yes. And the way to get that information that eventually gets you more advertising dollars is access. Mm-hmm. And the more access you have, the more information you have, the more advertising you have, the more profits you have. That's absolutely on point. Money, 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 money. And so mm-hmm. the Democrats play ball with the media establishment. Right. And if and it, you can just look at the way the well, Obama the other way around the, the the media establishment plays. Well, I I think it's both ways. I think it's I think it's too, I think it's tomato tomato because it's because the, the Democrats know how to work well with the media and the media knows how to work well with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. It's a great symbiotic relationship. Don't you think that they it 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 starts out with the 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 the, the Democrats are setting the agenda and setting the message. The media then rolls with it and then they reciprocate by giving them information. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, you also see that with conservative media too. But yeah, the the oh, MSN, absolutely. the CNNs, and yeah, all that. Yeah. Now here's another example of uh, another establishment Democrat who's losing the script a little bit, right in the middle of a rant, really on a tear, loses the script. Those in China have a great trading relationship. They sell an awful lot of stuff to North Korea, and so this president is is warning Trump. Okay, don't start talking about preemptive strike. We want a diplomatic solution. Yeah. We do not want war in. Uh, uh, uh oh, and she's losing it. Uh, North Korea. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, that was a little rough. She's on a whole rant about North Korea and loses it. Trump. Okay, don't start talking about preemptive strike. We want a diplomatic solution. Yeah. We do not want war in um, uh, um, North Korea. A uh, North. Um, um, Korea at all. <laughs> good, dude. You know, the, how do you say the word and then forget the word you said? Because they're super passionate about these things. They care personally. They deeply care about these things. It keeps them up at night. And so they're so passionate about it. They mix words up like Trump and Bush and North Korea. That plays with the fat kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. What? Yeah, maybe you know. Maybe the problem is, is that it's just not Maxine's like power zone. Like her power stroke zone is going after the Kremlin clan. They call it the fake Russia story. Russia story was made up because the embar- they were embarrassed by their loss. They had this tremendous loss, a loss like nobody's ever seen before. And not only did I won, I won easily. So they made up this Russia thing to try and deflect because they're embarrassed by what happened. That's Donald Trump's story, and he's sticking to it. But don't let all of his fakery fool you. Russiagate is very real and could overshadow the next 100 days of his presidency, too. But you don't have to take my word for it. My next guest has been on the case from the get-go. Joining me now for your moment of Maxine is Congresswoman Maxine Waters, one of our very favorite guests here on AM Joy. And Congresswoman, you, thank you for being here, first of all, and happy Sunday to you. Um, you thank you. T- you tweeted out the other day um, this Guardian story that I am actually um, have in front of me as well about the U.K., the, the United Kingdom being given details of alleged contacts between Donald Trump's campaign and Moscow uh, by former MI6 officer Christopher Steele. Um, he confirmed that in a court filing earlier this month that he did hand over a memo that was compiled in December to senior U.K. officials. How serious um, is this? And do we know on, on, on your side, on the congressional side, who those Trump campaign officials were? Uh, thank you very much. It's good to be with you again this morning. No, I don't know who the camp, uh, the uh, Trump 
uh, campaign officials are or were. But I know this. This Russia connection is a serious issue. I've been talking about it for a long time. And each day, we learn more and more about it. The Guardian article brings us even closer uh, to the facts that something took place, meetings have taken place, conversations have taken place. I've always said that I believe there was collusion. And if we determine the facts, if the, the dots are connected, uh, that there has been collusion, then I really do think uh, that this president could be impeached. I, uh, there it is. I want people to follow what is going on. The president would like us not to focus on Russia, not to focus on the Kremlin. There is uh, a new theory being floated around that folks like Maxine Waters and Adam Schiff are trying to maintain a certain stature and power in the Democratic Party by pushing this, even though this is starting to lose more and more steam. Nancy Pelosi loves the children, though, so you got to give her that. They said that children couldn't be able to ask a question, but you can take a picture. <laughs> well, maybe we can Picture's worth a thousand words. Segway that into uh, children asking a question. They really, really, really don't want children asking Nancy questions. In fact, the rest of this clip for a minute and 20 seconds is Nancy talking about how she wants the children to be able to ask questions, but they won't let them. It's a really funny clip. It's in the supporters thing uh, if you want to watch it. But to your point, like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, now the clip of the day that's going to get us dinged on YouTube. Who is the leader of the Democratic Party? So who is the leader of the Democratic Party? Who right. is the leader? Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Let's ask the Democrats. Let's ask them. As of... January 21st. Like after every presidential election where the party loses, there is no single leader. Bernie Sanders is out there. Is he the leader of the Democratic Party? Bernie? I mean, I think if you ask Bernie, he would say no. I think he he even said he wasn't a Democrat the other day. You've been described as, quote, the de facto leader of the Trump resistance. Are you comfortable with that? Look, if it works... That's my favorite one, dude. That's my favorite one. Are you comfortable with that? Look, if it works. Who is the leader of the Democratic Party right now? Well, President Obama was the president of the United States until just a matter of a weeks ago. I, I don't think that he can be dismissed as the leader of the Democratic Party. Barack Obama could have been a better party leader. Give me the three up-and-coming stars in our party, because it's hard for me to see that. I know I'm putting you in a tough spot. But without a doubt, uh, Adam Schiff, even somebody like a Barbara Lee. I still think uh, Kane still stands a pretty good chance of, 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 of being that leader. Hopefully, I'll be able to have a voice in direction of the party. The President of the United States will. Obviously, Chuck Schumer will. Obviously, Nancy Pelosi will. Hillary Clinton did not win the election, but a respected leader. In terms of looking for who that next leader is, there are many of us. It is a gubernatorial party. Uh, it's, it's a mess. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. And the, and Isn't the that is, weird? And the thing is, as, as, as disorganized they are and, and as, as little power as they have, the Republicans still cannot find a way to to get things done. That's true. And I'm that honestly, it kind of blows my mind. You know, they have, they, you know, the thing is, Paul Ryan is spending all of his time talking about how, well, they're not quite sure about tax reform. They're not quite sure about this and they better work. Why can't you just go and do the job we put you in office to do that? And, and that's why I say 2018, they are not <laughs> 2018. They are, there is not, they're not going to have, there's not going to be a choice. 
they're gonna they're gonna get run out and they're gonna get overtaken by Democrats and the Democrats are gonna take the White House in twenty twenty. Do you remember your buddy, the guy you bought the book from? Uh, what? Yeah, Wapa Bing Bang. Yeah, yeah, Wapa Bing Bang. Yama Bing. How he went on? He went on Bill Maher, and Bill Maher is now taking credit for bringing down Milo Yapa Yapa Bing Bang. Yes. And Bill Maher said it was all me. This guy's disgusting, and I exposed him for essentially. Being okay with pedophilia is what the argument was. On the receiving end of it, if you if you even take it that far, right? That but that was the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Do you recall that? Yes. Okay. Um, So what I wanted to do was maybe have a little reflection on that with maybe now a little historical context. Okay. Here's Bill Maher. Mary Kay Letourneau, the teacher from Seattle, who uh, is in jail because she is in love. That's how I view it. Uh, (laughs) I admit. I admit that it's. That it's unorthodox. She is 35. The boy is 14. She, he was younger when they started. But the big story Has this week... Has he been bar mitzvahed? Have I? No, is he? Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> but she is pregnant again. That was the story wow. this week. With the second child by this boy. So basically they're having a family and they're keeping the mother in jail. Now, I, I would think if this was just the extent of the clip, this would be somewhat damning of Bill Maher because right. this is about what got Bing Bang. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Because she won't conform to what society feels should be the perfect American family. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's perfect. Oh, my dad's 14 year old older than me. Absolutely sickening. Here what is, is sickening? A woman, a woman who's over 20 years older and she raped this kid. Raped? Well, come on. She forced. She forced. How do you know? And how can you? Well, how do you know that she didn't rape him? How can a woman that she didn't seduce him? How can a woman rape a man? I think that an older woman can you imagine? Can you imagine if the genders are reversed? I mean, I'm having a hard time keeping my mouth. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if 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 you had Rachel Maddow (laughs) on on asking? I, I I just. My mind. If if Megyn Kelly went on and said, "How can a man rape a woman? How how could that be? How how could that happen? Like, what an o- overtly sexist, unsensitive things to say." Young kid, and I don't think it's really healthy. I don't think it's healthy for a kid who's going to be fourteen with two kids out in the world. I think the the those children will grow up fairly damaged. I think that kid's going to grow up fairly damaged. So you're on her side. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Isn't that isn't that interesting? Just in, in in light of everything that's happened after Bing Bang went on. Uh... And here's the thing: their answer to Mr. Bing Bang, uh, you know, being uh, something that happened to him. If he was the victim of something, isn't that victim blaming? And then beyond that, there, our response to that is to make sure that he can't publish a book because mm. he was the victim of something. Well, that seems like victim You got to be careful with the books, dude. You got to be really careful with yeah, the yeah, books. Yeah, I know. They could really yeah, hurt somebody if you say something. You got to be I careful with the books. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, there's uh, there is definitely one critique that I'd be curious to hear you address as uh, someone who was on the show during the election night and happy that Donald Trump won the election. Okay. What is your sati- how would you rate your satisfaction level with the following? Now, all options are on the table when it comes to military action in North Korea. That's according to a statement from Donald Trump. But when pressed about any firm plan, the president said that he didn't want to reveal what he was thinking. Well, uh, this comes as the U.S. launches joint Navy drills with South Korea. In fact, these are the latest pictures showing an American aircraft carrier group off the uh, Korean peninsula.
Its presence is in response to a North Korean ballistic missile test. Well, in his first 100 days in office, Trump has been quick to use military action. We can have a look at some examples. Last month, you might remember, he fired 59 Tomahawk missiles at a Syrian airbase. America then used the so-called mother of all bombs too in Afghanistan. And the US vice president recently said that a new era will come for America's military complex. How do you feel about this? It does seem to be money, money, money when it comes to the military. Right. Go have at it. Basically, let he took the leash off and said, you want to drop some bombs? Go drop some bombs. I think a couple of things. First of all, I think that the way to solve this problem is we first have to accept uh, on both sides that we are not the world's first choice to solve problems in the world. When something happens, why doesn't maybe Canada take a shot at fixing some of the world's problems or maybe – Britain can take a shot or France can take a shot. Well, you want to know the red pill? I mean the real answer for that is because it's not about solving the world's problems. It's about furthering our own agendas. It's right. not about policing the world. This is a this is a favorite go-to um, of, of many conservatives and mm-hmm. uh, also uh, people like uh, um, neocon liberals. Mm-hmm. Uh, this – well, we're policing the world. We're, we're going in when nobody else will. It's all – that's all so much bullshit. It, well, it's it, it's all it's we're we, not let, doing it. We're not doing that. Well, let's, There's let's, nothing to stop. Let's not go in there is what I'm saying. Well, see, but then we have all these interests like controlling pipelines. Well, then they can speak up and then that would come out. But what I'm saying is at, at the same time that it, the, the problem that I have with cutting any military spending or, or cutting us off at the hip is you have a bunch of people that come and say, well, when, you know, Haiti happens, we have to go do something because, you know, we need American GIs on the ground. We need to get rid of that. As far as it relates to actual North Korea. It's it's a non-issue. North Korea is an is is an is a is a is a is an you know a, a child, and it every once in a while it flares up a little mm. bit, and you so got to you got to here's here's why North Korea will never do anything. First of all, he, he has Kim Jong Il has Un has a Western education, so he he's not an idiot. He knows that there's zero chance that he can actually effectively do anything to the U.S. And furthermore, China won't let them because we're China's cash cow. There's no way they're going to let North Korea screw that up for him. So North Korea isn't going anywhere. They're going to make a little fuss and a bunch of people are going to give them some money mm-hmm. and contribute to some causes and then they'll pipe down for a while. Mm-hmm. Made the flare up in a couple of years. I tend to agree. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're probably right. North Korea is not the threat. I'll tell you yeah. the threat is is places like is is mentalities that have taken Venezuela to where Venezuela is now and that trying to Maxine Waters, the Elizabeth Warrens because I'm telling you 2020 Hillary could win in 2020. I think so. You're going to make me need a beer if you keep I, that. Up. I, I just, I, I think you're going to don't even don't, don't even give me and, don't, and not her. Then uh, then Elizabeth puke. Warren. Then Elizabeth Warren. I actually have some Hillary stuff for you. We should get to that pretty quick because we're going to run out of overtime. Uh, although I, I just wanted to give you get your take also while we're talking while we're doing a little Trump review. Mm-hmm. Want to get your take on this particular issue? Thing one tonight, the Trump campaign announced a one point five million dollar TV ad buy today. That's right. The president's campaign for an election happening three and a half years from now is buying national ad space. They've already hit a snag. Their ad included video of the president shaking hands with National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster, who is in uniform, as you see there. A member of the watchdog group, the Campaign Legal Center, quickly noted that this seems to violate intent of military policy against members engaging in partisan political activity. So Donald J. Trump for President Inc. removed that video, posted a re-edited version shortly after. Now, in the first three months of this year, Trump raised $13 million for his re-election. We know over a million dollars went to TV ads, which is not surprising. Tonight, we know where a whole bunch more is going, which is also not surprising, but it's thing two in 60 seconds. After this break. 
President Trump's 2016 campaign spent a whole lot of money on Donald Trump's personal businesses. Politico put the final tally at $12.8 million, according to FEC reports. And now it appears the habit of spending campaign cash at Trump businesses will continue while Donald Trump is the president. An analysis by the Huffington Post found that Trump's re-election campaign has sent $274,000 in rent to Trump's office building during the first three months of this year. Now, that total works out to a monthly average of $91,000, which is more than half of what Trump's campaign was paying Trump Tower each month at the height of the presidential race. Back then, though, the campaign had 168 employees compared with just 20 now. HuffPo also reports that tens of thousands of dollars have been spent by the campaign on Trump hotels, Trump restaurants, even Trump water. As a reminder, that is the spending now, 7% of the way into president's first term with election day, three years and six months. How do you feel about this? Well, so first of all, I don't think unless it's it's necessary for his office of state to do something, I don't think a taxpayer dollar should be spending on anything. Full stop. Past that, though. Is stuff like this included in if he goes on a weekend retreat to Mar-a-Lago, whereas Obama would have went to Hawaii to a golf course? And just because all of the various hotels and golf courses and resort fees and liquor and food and all that stuff wouldn't necessarily be under a single umbrella that Obama owns himself, do I think it's bad that Trump is is spending that at his own – basically spending his own money at his own places? No, I don't really care. But – yeah, overall, yeah, unless unless he is required to do that for his office, no, we shouldn't be spending tax dollars. And that includes, by the way, Secret Service protection. If he wants to travel all of these other places, people are saying, well, do you know how expensive it is for Secret Service to secure a building in New York? Well, then don't. Then don't secure the building in New York. I, I think that we have gotten a little ahead of ourselves with what we absolutely need to do to make something secure for the president. <laughs> yeah, man, that is a massive operation. So you don't care about him spending money on his campaign now? No, I do. I do. I, I, but it's, even if it's not tax dollars, if it's just like oh, pri- money, private funded, private raised, nope. you don't feel like you don't feel like if it was Hillary Clinton raising money for her next campaign, your your take would be uh, she should be focused on being the president right now. Oh yeah, I think there's, I think there's, yeah, I guess from that perspective, yes. I mean, as far as the the money issue alone. Money is free speech, so he can spend or raise money, you know, however he wants. As far as him doing it on the job, yeah, I agree. If he's, if especially if he's neglecting his duties as the as the president to do that, absolutely, he should be focusing his. I'm not saying he's doing that though. I'm not yeah. saying that's happening, but it, it gives me, you know, it, so because it, it also means he's running ads right now, which yeah. is funny. Uh, so I, I wanted to get your take on some of these Clinton stuffs. So you mentioned it; it's your fault. You brought this on yourself. Uh, so she was uh, she was doing an interview, and it was a real hard hitting interview, asking her really super tough questions. Michael, um, but I want to ask you, as a woman, and we're dealing obviously with issues that affect women all over the world. Um, what do you imagine your election as the first female president of the United States might have said to the world and to the women of the world who were looking for? validation for somebody to shatter that highest and hardest ceiling? Oh, I think it would have been a really big deal. And I think that... um, uh, So really tough questions. You know, the hard-hitting kind that really get inside her head and figure out what went wrong. Those those kinds of things. And uh, the other... You know, no softballs. Nothing nothing to just give her a cop-out. 
were you a victim of misogyny? And why do you think you lost the majority of the white female vote? This is what Hillary. So this is if Hillary Clinton was doing this version of Hillary during the campaign, Mm -hmm. I think she would have done a lot better with people. Um, There is uh, two modes to Hillary Clinton. There's like presentation mode Hillary Clinton. And then there's uh, this is this is chill, relaxed Hillary. Like you're seeing how I really am. But it's also just a persona. Right. Uh, If she would have used this persona, I think she would have done better. But you can still tell she's fronting, though, because listen to how eloquently she goes from sexism to Putin. I mean, it's it's really it's this is why she's a pro right here. This and this is she's making this stuff up as she goes. I, I don't think this was scripted this woman is just really a unique one of the uniques in our political discourse where they can just sit here and they can take it they can take a question and they can they can use it to not only double down on a point but then move the conversation in a way that really furthers an agenda they're trying to put out there i mean Mm -hmm. she's good at it were you a victim of misogyny and why do you think you lost the majority of the white female vote the security moms the people who want to be protected from that was a devastating fact about that and i was surprised that nana here even brought it up mrs kapoor because it's really one of the most devastating things about the uh, loss for her is that White women didn't vote for her, which is embarrassing as hell, right, as the first white woman to be nominated as a Democrat. I was really impressed that question was asked. Security moms, the people who want to be protected from the kinds of challenges you're talking about right right now. Right. Well, you know, that... The book's coming out in the fall. Uh, <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Just to, just, to give you, just to give you a tiny little preview. So not only is she, she going to further her own agenda, but she also manages to plug the book. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying here? Yeah. Pro level. Uh, yes, I do think it played a role. I think other things did as well. Every day that goes by, we learn more about uh, some of the uh, unprecedented interference, including from a foreign power whose leader uh, is not a member of my fan club. And so... Oh, man, she's so funny. I think it is a, It is real. It is... Ooh, do you see how she just got really serious there? Do you see that look she gave her? Like, this is, this is, this is real. That's serious Hillary right there. You see how she just switches it on like that? She goes from casual funny Hillary to serious. Real. Look at that, man. Damn, that is a, that's like a, I'm, I'm serious as hell right here. Look at that face. It is uh, very much a part of the um, landscape politically and socially and economically. Um, You know, an example that has nothing to do with me personally is this whole question of equal pay. You know, we just had equal pay. Oh, man. Oh, man. So she got the attack in there. She makes it about equal pay. And then, wait for it, going to double down on the Putin. What do you make of, of, of a journalist who, who basically said that, in fact, President Putin hated you so much? You know, a journalist, a journalist who is reporting on a statement from your campaign. So this is actually a core message of your campaign. This is another move she'll do. Even though she is fully aware that that came from her campaign, she won't necessarily like double down on it mm-hmm. so much as... Well, let's have a supportive argument here. Let's, you know, let's play on that. Like, she won't, she won't even own it when it was the creation of her own campaign. Right. She's too smart. That it was personal, that he was determined to thwart your ambitions. Do you buy that? Now, of course she buys it because they created it. It's her product. Of course she buys it. She gets it for free. She doesn't have to buy it. Now, she's not just going to come out and be like, oh, of course. No, no, she's too clever. Well... He certainly uh, <laughs> interfered in our election. 
you see how the audience laughs too when she says well they're so amped up for her mm-hmm. that she says well and she literally starts getting a giggle in the crowd listen to this oh, he certainly uh, you hear that? interfered in our election and it was clear he interfered to hurt me and to help my opponent and that's clear chart my opponent and his campaign's um, statements. My opponent and his campaign statements. They quite coordinated with the goals that that leader who shall remain nameless uh, had. So, so she's saying if you track – can I just play it back one more time? Do you yeah, mind? Yeah, okay, because yeah. I really want to talk about this for yeah, a second. Yeah, sure. And his campaign's um, – Hold on, I want to go with that a little bit further. He uh, <laughs> interfered in our election – and it was clear he interfered to hurt me and to help my opponent. Okay, now this is now this is the important part. And if you chart my opponent and his campaign's um, statements. Okay, so if you chart Trump's sta- statements and the campaign's statements, if you chart them, they quite coordinated with. They quite coordinated the goals that that leader, who shall remain nameless, uh, had. What is she saying? She's saying that that the the interests correlated one one to the other with with Russia's interest. But here's my question: If I signed a Ross Adams Uranium One deal, wouldn't 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 you say those interests? Wouldn't he be in his fan club? Wouldn't wouldn't you say though? And wouldn't you say those interests a lot? So I'm barely tracking what she says. And then what throws me for a loop too is she's like, "Well, that leader who shall remain unnamed." Like she said something like that here at the end. Like she's talking goals that that leader who shall remain nameless uh now she's she said his name before but right. now she's to be funny she's not saying it she's trying to be funny is that funny I, well i think she thinks it is she's trying to say she's what she's doing is she's trying to create this thing of like we'll just talk about it in the abstract because it's comical since everyone in the room knows that her opponent is trump this leader who shall remain nameless is, is this how is she Putin. casts the reality is this is this the creation of like her own reality distortion well, she field it and everyone else thinks it's russia it's trump it, that's what i'm thinking it's like some it's like some sort of suggestive speech right she's been it's it's a it's like don't say and don't she says my opponent mm-hmm. right not trump mm-hmm. like but that is so strange. And then, but then it's like she makes it very clear who she's talking about. Had. So, yeah, look, I, I think Russia is a great country, and I go. think the Russian people are extraordinarily talented, and I think they are badly governed. <laughs> is she talking about us? Uh, anyways, yeah, so that, isn't, that, isn't that fascinating? And then, uh, uh, then of course, there's the, there's the final blow to the Clinton campaign. It, wa- it wasn't the fact that people hated the Clintons so much that they flipped over to Trump. No, no, it was Comey. Can I just ask you something? Because, again, I think many people in the room, look, whenever anybody says they're going to speak to Secretary Clinton, you know, there's a, there's a, your supporters are sad, they're devastated, they're disappointed, and some are angry. And some say, you know, could it have been different? Could the campaign have been better? Could you have had a better rationale? He had one message, your opponent, and it was a successful message. Make America great again. And where was your message? That's a good um, question. Do you? Well, her That's message was, question. I'm with her. That was her message. No, Her message was, I'm together. with her. And then it was, love Trump's hate. And then, yeah, and stronger, stronger together. together. Yeah. But here's the thing. He, Trump, from, from day one, had, had a clear message that, that cut through all of the political crap. What does stronger together really mean? Well, what it really meant was, we're going to unite the Bernies and the Clintons. Right. And that's what it really meant. But it was a false. It was bullshit. Yeah. 
take any personal responsibility. Oh, of course. Of I, course. I take absolute personal responsibility. Sure, I was the means. candidate. I was the person uh, who was on the ballot. Failed. And I, uh, I am uh, very aware of, you know, the challenges, the problems, the... Um, you know, shortfalls that we had. Again, I will write all this out for you, uh, but I will say this. I've been in a lot of campaigns, and I'm very proud of the campaign we ran, and I'm very proud. Has she really, though? She hasn't been in a lot of campaigns. She ran for Senate. Well, that was... I guess she's been in Bill's campaigns, too. But she ran for Senate... She ran for president, lost. Then she was given the State Department. She didn't right. run for that. Right. And then she ran for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's John McCain's been in more. John McCain. Look how many. Look how many campaigns John McCain has been in compared to this woman. Like, right. not to. But like this line of like she has an un, unbelievable record. Well, her record is she was a political ally to Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Then she was the which, first let's lady. Let's face it, which got her first lady position. Probably got her the momentum she needed to get elected to the Senate. Obviously. That's, I mean, so, obvious. Yeah, of course. Of course. So anyways, that, that whole thing always gets me. All that we had, again, I will write all this out for you, um, <laughs> but I will say this. I've been in a lot of campaigns, mm-hmm. and I'm very proud of the campaign we ran, and I'm very proud of the staff and the volunteers and the people who are out there day after day. And it wasn't a perfect campaign. There is no such thing. Oh, here we go. Um, But I was on the way to winning until the combination of Jim Comey's letter on October 28th and Russian WikiLeaks. Russian WikiLeaks. First of all, WikiLeaks has come out and said that they did not get their information. They've They've also released documents about the Russian government. So that would be some real 4D chess Putin is playing there. Yeah, yeah, 4D chess. <laughs> I just can't – like this, this – it's Comey's fault. Right. Here's why I don't – this is Chris's quick take on why the Comey argument doesn't work is if if her campaign was so fragile at that point in time that Jim Comey coming out and releasing this letter, not saying she was guilty, just saying that there's some new things they need to look into, if that is all it took to – Take all of the wind out of her sails. She didn't have a strong campaign. She didn't have good momentum. It's not right. just me saying that either. Yeah, that's that's like that's just how political science works. Yeah. If you don't if, imagine if Bernie Sanders was in Hillary Clinton's position mm-hmm. and he was it was in the general election, it was Sanders versus Trump. Could you imagine two people on the complete difference? Well, in some ways, some of the, but anyways. If something like that came out against Bernie Sanders where the FBI said, oh, they're investigating, right. you know what people would have said? Oh, the, the, the establishment's just trying to stop Bernie. It, they would have doubled down on their support for maybe, Bernie Sanders. Maybe. How many people didn't rise to his defense when they essentially did snowball him? Well, there was an entire DNC establishment against Sanders. But I'm saying if that all wasn't there, mm-hmm. I, I I think people would have – I guess what I'm trying to say is Hillary Clinton had a character problem. When it, when, yeah, it, oh, when, yeah. it, when, it, when people had enough reason to believe that she probably did something that violated the rules, right. that she probably leaked classified information, like yeah. – People believe it. Well, if Bernie Sanders was all of a sudden under investigation, people would have said it's the establishment trying to keep Bernie down. That's my personal opinion. I sure. feel like her character and her political history mm-hmm. played a role in this. Absolutely. And I think it prevented her from building a lot of momentum for her campaign so mm-hmm. that they couldn't, they couldn't withstand a disruption like a reopening right. of the investigation. Yeah. So to blame it on Comey, I would say blame it on your husband for meeting up with Loretta Lynch right. on the tarmac. Right. Blame that, if anything, because yeah. that was what probably and, forced Comey's hand. And- Blame Anthony Weiner. Right, right, <laughs> right. Blame Anthony Weiner for causing the whole thing to start all over again. And then Russian WikiLeaks is just being disingenuous. Yeah. 
raised doubts in the minds of people who were inclined to vote for me but got scared off. That's crazy. That is that is some delusional thinking and that's like – that's not – you're not going to fix anything with that kind of thinking. Now, by the way, Comey did a little uh, talky-talky today, a little breaking news here for today, you in the overtime. FBI Director James Comey in the hot seat before the Senate Judiciary Committee said he has no regrets about his letter to Congress announcing the Hillary Clinton email probe was reopened. So help me God. Even if it affected the outcome of the election. It makes me mildly nauseous to think that we might have had some impact on the election, but honestly – it wouldn't change the decision. Everybody who disagrees with me has to come back to October 28th with me and stare at this and tell me what you would do. Would you speak or would you conceal? And I could be wrong, but we honestly made a decision between those two choices that even in hindsight, and this has been one of the world's most painful experiences, I would make the same decision. I would not conceal that on October 28th from the Congress. And Comey made the stunning admission his lack of confidence in Justice Department leadership after Attorney General Loretta Lynch met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac, paved the way what for his... What did they talk about? Their grandchildren. What did they talk... Yeah, for an hour and a half. And here's the other thing that just blows my mind. <clears throat> Supposedly, this is a happenstance, right? Oh, we were just... We passed each other and you know, just passed each other, you know? Both of those people have Secret Service protection. Okay. Yep. Yep. So there is zero possibility, zero that they that the Secret Service would have two protectees. No, in fact, I think her plane had to. They had to. They had to have coordinated. They would have had to said we're going to have two protectees at this time at this place. We'll have these teams over here. These teams cover these. So they knew. They knew well ahead of time that they were going to have these two planes on the tarmac and that they were going to meet. Here's my thinking. Two things is this kind of thing probably happens all the time. And they never thought – the fact that they could work with their Secret Service team and the airport and mm-hmm. hold her plane there and all of that mm-hmm. and not think anybody was going to find out tells you it happens all the time. If, and if you, re- if you recall, the only reason mm-hmm. it even got out is like some local news reporter captured it on his phone or something like that. Right. But here's the thing. If Hillary would have gotten elected – Imagine what could have gotten buried. I mean, maybe that would have still. Oh yeah, up, but I don't know if we'd still be asking the question. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. So, anyways, yeah, it turns out Comey lost confidence in Loretta Lynch after she had that extremely inappropriate meeting on the tarmac. Department leadership, after Attorney General Loretta Lynch met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac, paved the way for his unprecedented press conference last July, announcing he didn't recommend charges. The department leadership could not credibly complete the investigation and decline prosecution without grievous damage to the American people's confidence in the, in the justice system. That was a hard call for me to make, to call the attorney general that morning and say, I'm about to do a press conference and I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to say. And I said to her, I hope someday you'll understand why I think I have to do this. But look, I wasn't loving this. I knew this would be disastrous for me personally, but <laughs> I, I thought it. this is the best way to protect these institutions that we care so much about. Um, I want to start Democrats fired back, asking him why he didn't Olson also publicly acknowledge the ongoing probe into Russians' connections with Trump campaign associates before the election. Had there been public notice that there was a renewed investigation into both campaigns, I think the impact would have been different. Would you agree? What a crazy year of politics. <laughs> That's a separate question from do you confirm the existence of a classified investigation that has just started to try and figure out are there any connections between that Russian activity and U.S. persons that started in late July? And remember, the Hillary Clinton investigation, we didn't confirm it existed until three months after it started and it started publicly. So I thought the consistent principle would be we don't confirm the existence of 
certainly any investigation that involves a U.S. person, but a classified investigation in its early stages. We don't know what we have, what is there. And so I, my judgment was consistent with the principles I've always operated under. That was the right thing to do. Hmm. It seems like it could be a legit explanation. Mm-hmm. It seems like I could. The people that know him seem to say yeah, he's a stand-up guy. So I know. I know. He sure seems to flip-flop a lot. You want to well, hear – I got a great clip of uh, – so CNN has this host, Brian Seltzerwater, and uh, this guy really gets on my nerves because he's 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 one of these uh, media analysts where it's the media who reports on the media guys. And he's just totally like impressed with himself mm-hmm. and with his abilities. And I find him to be underwhelming in every regard, presentation style, information. Mm-hmm. He's often wrong about things. He goes on air. And so he's at a panel and he just is embarrassing the hell out of himself. This is your CNN anchor, everybody. But I don't want to let – Media companies Whoa. off the hook either. Yeah. I don't well, want to let the news off the hook For either. Sure. I don't know why that sounds so weird. I wonder if that I don't know if that sounds so weird in the final mix, but it's uh, the clip is a little off. Uh, anyways, he goes on to say he doesn't know how to use his phone and that he can't figure out how to use his phone and that he sometimes shares fake news. It's my job. Well, and by the way, very and damaging and enlightening and wonderful tools, and didn't really teach us how to use them. I mean, if we, if we step if we step way back, do any of us really feel like we know how to use? These tools, these incredible technologies. I don't, and it's my job. Well, and by the way, I, I share fake stories by accident like everybody else does. Well, and it's. You know, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard, Mr. Seltzerwater. It's really, it's really not that hard, buddy. Uh, now, your favorite event, everybody loves it, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, happened. Uh, Trump didn't go, and I don't blame him. It's usually awful. There was a moment I enjoyed, though. They had uh, uh, one of the Daily Show correspondents up there, and he was uh, roasting MSNBC. I thought this was pretty good. MSNBC is here tonight, and I'm glad you guys are here tonight. That way, if I'm bombing, Brian Williams will describe it as stunning. MSNBC... <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to trust you guys when you send us so many mixed messages. On one hand, you tell us the prison industrial complex is the problem, and then you air five straight hours of lockup. You can't be mad at corporations profiting off of minorities in prison when you're a corporation profiting off of minorities in prison. It's like... I have one quick request. MSNBC, please tell Rachel Maddow to chill about Trump's tax returns. I don't know what you think you'll find in there, but there isn't going to be a line item that just says bribes from Russia. That's not how it works. You're going to be like, oh, I found the 1040 USSR. It doesn't work like that. You're the liberal news outlet. Like, we, we dress the same. I look like a melanin version of Chris Hayes. I want to root for you guys, but you're turning into conspiracy theorists every night. You're like, the Russians hacked our elections. The Russians hacked our elections. Meanwhile, everybody in Latin America and the Middle East is like, oh, a foreign government tampered with your elections? What is that like? Do tell MSNBC. Just pump the brakes. We're only on day 100. By the end of the year, you guys are all going to have tinfoil hats and jars of urine all over your desks. Now, I had a lot more MSNBC jokes but I don't want to just ramble on. Otherwise, I might get a show on MSNBC. Fantastic. I thought that was pretty good. 
I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I thought, not a bad roast. When Glenn Greenwald comes out and says that you guys are getting too far carried away with your, uh, he's no friend to the conspir- to the uh, conservative movement. <laughs> what, what, you got problems with, Grant, with Mr. Gwen Greenwald? I don't have a problem with him. I just think that when he's coming out and saying, it's not, yeah, well, there's a problem and no, he's saying that they've they, gone crazy. Yeah, right. Have you watched any Rachel Meadow? It is, it is a scene to be seen. Uh, I tell you what, she really is full on conspiracy theorist these days. It's a little hard, but Mr. Noah, that brings us to the end of this week's overtime. I hope you enjoyed it. I it was, I, and yeah, thanks for having me. Probably the last time you built to join me for a while. So it was kind of fun for me. Where can people find you? I'm coming back, Chris. I'm coming back just because last ascendant does not mean that you're not going to need somebody to maintain the studio and stuff like that. That's true. Find me at Ask Noah Show, at Colonel Linux, at Ultaspeed, basically anywhere on Twitter. Very good. Very good. And uh, keep an eye on my vlog soon for our adventures in Texas. Yeah. YouTube.com slash Chris Fisher. You can follow me at Chris LAS and check us out live this weekend at Linux Fest Northwest at JBLive.tv, Saturday and Sunday. Thanks for being here, guys, and thanks to our supporters at Patreon.com slash Unfilter.